If you need a laugh, here on your behalf It's bad mates, are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's bad mates, lunch, boom, crash, kapow Stream a download, holy cow You can stop listening now to bad mates Because we're bad mates Hello and welcome to Batmates, a podcast for women by women. My name is Becca, and the first Batman comic written by a woman was Batman number 16 in 1943, written by Ruth Lyons Kaufman. In case you're wondering, it's about a group of criminals that do their crimes early in the morning and get away disguised as milkmen. <laughs> That's really neat. But strangely, the first woman to specifically draw an issue of like a flagship Batman comic series uh, wasn't until... 2012. That was uh, Becky Cloonan. It was a New 52 comic. So she drew every single issue of that? Is that what you're saying? That was like the first flagship Batman issue that the artist was a woman. There were other women who had drawn Batman in comics, but not for like a Batman title. Oh, interesting. 2012. Hmm. Yeah. And who are you? I'm Josh. And I'm one of a kind. Aww. (laughs) So why are you sharing all these facts about women drawing Batman with me? Because this is our Women's History Month episode, and we are celebrating by covering... Dr. Double X. The most fearsome woman villain of all time. Uh... What? Well, we'll get to that later. Okay. We'll we'll cover him later. We gotta do news first. Okay. I'm intrigued by this woman. (laughs) So there was a little bit of news since we last did an episode, uh, since we last talked about Calzones. The DC Super Pets movie got a new trailer featuring Ace the Bat Hound and Batman, who is being voiced by Keanu Reeves. And Keanu's doing a pretty good job. I'm excited. I like Keanu. Yeah. He was good in that cyberpunk game. Okay. <laughs> he, he, he always brings it. I've never oh, seen a sure, role yeah. where Keanu Reeves phones it in. So Okay. Okay. For that reason and that reason alone, I'm excited. So let's go Keanu, and Becca and I will see that movie mostly out of obligation. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a children's movie. You know what? I wasn't looking forward to the Batman, and it was maybe my favorite movie of the last five years. I mean, Lego Batman was a children's movie, and that turned out really good. I think just going into it, I'm going to stop being hype about anything that I see, and that way it'll pleasantly surprise me. Yeah, it's even a little it could bit be good. a good movie. <sighs> what? I really don't like Kevin Is it Warner Brothers Animation? Do we know that? Is it like the same people who did the Scooby-Doo movie? I don't know. It might be. I think it's the same. I didn't really like the Scooby-Doo movie that came out recently. Scoob is what the name of it was. I think it's the same studio that did The Secret Life of Pets. I think. Oh. Uh, What is that? No, Illumination? Wasn't that Illumination? I think so. Did you like Despicable Me? I know that there's a Secret Life of Pets ride in Universal Studios. Okay. And it's like actually really good. Okay. Is what I've heard. Uh, also, in our news, we got an, a release date finally announced for the Gotham Knights video game. When? October 25th. Ugh. So you can get it for me as a belated birthday gift. Okay. Then we can play it together, because yeah. it's multiplayer. And then we can do our, our Arkham series retrospective. Sure. Yeah. We sure. have until then to replay all the games. <laughs> <laughs> I've played through all of them probably... Well, at least once. Yeah. I've played through Arkham Knight once. I've played through Arkham Origins and Arkham uh, 
Asylum twice. Yeah. You made me play through Origins once. That was uh-huh. fun. You and I recently, and by recently I mean over a year ago, played, played Arkham Asylum. Asylum. Yeah. yeah. I would play Arkham City again. That's a really good game. I feel like I started doing a second playthrough of Arkham City or something like that to like try and get all of the challenges, um, but I like fell off. Yeah, I think I want to do that. Anyway, the listeners don't care. Okay. We also got news out of South by Southwest, which is a movie convention comic convention it's, it's like kind a, of a little bit of everything it's yeah. like a little bit of everything convention i learned today that some people call it south by so what because a lot of the news that comes out of there is like meh whatever <laughs> well we did get some pretty interesting news on the batman front the harley quinn show is getting a spin-off that's going to feature kite man titled noonan's where kite man buys noonan's bar and attempts to run it The show's co-creator, Patrick Schumacher, described the show as Cheers for Supervillains. Okay. (laughs) We never actually finished that show, but I think at the end of it, Poison Ivy doesn't marry Kite Man. I think she decides to stay with Harley. I'm not really sure. Well, that was the end of the season that we saw, or like season two, I think it is. Yeah, that's as far as they They're making a season three. They announced a season three at the last DC Fandom, Mm -hmm. but we it hasn't released yet. All we know is that Batman definitely does not eat anyone's pussy in it. (laughs) That's all we know. I just feel like going off and running your own bar is not the action of a man who's happily married so (laughs) i guess we'll see we also got news out of south by southwest from nicholas cage oh great he was asked what type of role he has not played that he would want to play superman and the actor responded here's something i've been thinking about this we have this new Robert Pattinson as the Batman, which I haven't seen it yet, but I think it would be terrific. The villain that Vincent Price played on the 60s show, Egghead, said Cage. I think I want to have a go at Egghead. I think I could make him absolutely terrifying. And I have a concept for Egghead. So let them know over at Warner Brothers, I'm down for Egghead. How have I never known how good your Nick Cage impression is? <laughs> it's like he was here with me in the room. <laughs> That was wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> Can you say, not the bees? Not the bees! He does that in like a screaming voice. I don't okay. know if I can do that. I can do his talking voice pretty well. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's all the news I have. Uh, he wants to play the weird villain that was only created for the 66 television show Egghead. And he has what he calls a terrifying uh, concept. Mm. So I want to see... If he doesn't get to play Egghead in a Robert Pattinson Batman movie, which, um, listen, I'm going to put my money on it that he's not going to. No. Um, he, I definitely want them to bring Nick Cage in to write his version of Egghead for one of the mainline Batman comics. Because yes. I would love to see what his concept is, even if it's weird, which, judging by the fact that it's Nick Cage... It absolutely it will be absolutely weird. It absolutely will be weird. He has an Oscar... I've seen that man's grave, and it's a pyramid. <laughs> He's not in it yet. He's not in it yet, but he he already bought it and had it made, and it's in, a, like, a cemetery in New Orleans. You can go and see Nicolas Cage's grave. As of recording, it is currently vacant. <laughs> oh, Nick Cage. Interesting. Yeah, no, he loves Superman, and his son's name is Kal-El. 
Yeah, we uh, yeah, you told me that this week and I was like well, I there's didn't tell no the listeners. way. There's no way that that's real. It's and real. you were like, "Yeah, it's definitely real." Yeah. So, yeah, Nick Cage is a weird dude. Yeah, he lives it though. He embraces it. <laughs> I'm proud of him. Well, that's all the news I have. So, uh, we can jump into this week's comic, which is Detective Comics number 261, The Amazing Dr. Double X. Cover date November 1958. Writer Dave Wood, penciler Sheldon Moldov, inker Charles Paris, and editor Jack Schiff. Before we start the comic, mm-hmm. I do want to point out that there was an ad uh, before the comic that it, that is for a real mobile tank over six feet long, only $4.98. Gun swivel, turret turns. It's mobile, the ad claims. <laughs> I could not find the exact tank from the ad in my internet research, but the company had another similar tank that they sold in the 60s that I was able to find a picture of. It is made out of cardboard, or something similar to cardboard, and you have to assemble it yourself. Hmm. I doubt that the ad's claim of it being mobile is true. Well, if you you put it over yourself and then you walk, technically it moves. I was going to say, unless you count being picked up and moved by a child as mobile. Mm -hmm. It's movable, is what they mean. (laughs) So yeah, uh, if you want a cardboard cutout of a tank that you can assemble yourself, write Honor House... Products Corporation to get it. Okay. All right. So I'll give up the goose. I know that Dr. Double X isn't some wonderful uh, female chromosome <laughs> supervillain like I wish she was. Uh, not only is this comic not about women, it doesn't even have any women in it. Uh, not even in the background. That's true. There's no female background characters mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. But as a woman, that won't stop me from making it about women. (laughs) So the cover shows Batman apprehending the evil Dr. X, but he is about to be overtaken by the slightly translucent Dr. Double X, who is twice as more X than his counterpart. (laughs) And Dr. X is saying, my other self will find a way to free me, just as women were free to compete in the Olympics after 1928. (laughs) There's also an interior cover. I gotta say, taking this comic and making it about yourself <laughs> is very on brand for, <laughs> for Becca. It's very on brand for me, and I feel like I'm a good representation for women. <laughs> There's also an interior cover uh, that features two identical men dressed in these tight-fitting outfits with, like, coxcomb things coming yeah. out of their cowls, uh, and one is glowing. We also see a glowing Batman heading towards Robin like he's about to destroy him. So I was intrigued. So we open with a shadowy figure breaking a window in the Diamond District, catching the attention of a nearby cop who calls Dr. X fantastic before alerting the surrounding public with a tweet of his whistle. Famous female whistleblowers include Iraq War veteran Chelsea Manning and intelligence specialist Reality Winner, who leaked intelligence about the Russian interference in the 2016 election. Wow. Yeah. She's currently, like, kind of in a halfway house. She actually got let out of jail a little early for good behavior. And I'm proud of her. (laughs) At Stately Wayne Manor, Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson decide the only way to stop Dr. X, who's the one who's doing this, Mm. uh, is to go on 24-hour patrol as Batman and Robin to catch the evildoer in the act. This 
threw me for a loop. Because mm-hmm. how are they maintaining their 24-hour alert? Yeah, I want to take this opportunity to remind our listeners that Dick Grayson is 12 years old. <laughs> the comic never says that they're taking shifts, and both of them are together mm-hmm. when the bat signal is later activated. Absolutely. <laughs> they must be on, like, cocaine or something. That's... <laughs> Which back then was like widely available. Yeah, super like legal. Soft drinks. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get it prescribed by a doctor. Okay, so nearly three full days later of no sleep, the duo spot the bat signal and follow the alert on their radio to the TikTok Watchworks, which is currently being robbed of gold bars that would have been used to make watch cases. And until 1974, women had to use cash or gold bars to make purchases because they couldn't get credit cards in their own name. Wow. How sad is that? They didn't use gold bars to make purchases. Well, they couldn't use credit cards. You're doing a little bit of shoehorning of your facts here. Couldn't couldn't use plastic. Would have had to use gold bars if they didn't have cash. (laughs) The dynamic duo... The dynamic duo leap into action, taking down Dr. X with ease, but they don't expect to see his double rushing towards them holding more gold bars. Dr. X says his double... Dr. Double X, is invincible. (laughs) But he also looks kind of invisible, just like women were invisible at the ballot box until the passage of the 19th Amendment. But actually, it wasn't until the Voting Rights Act in 1965 when women of all races were easily able to vote in the United States. (laughs) Okay. Dr. X's promise of his double's invincibility turns out to be true as he swiftly and embarrassingly takes down Batman. Batman claims that he's never seen anyone move as fast as Double X, which I thought was odd because he knows the Flash from the Justice Society. But then I looked into it and Earth 2 Batman actually wasn't part of a Justice Society during this period. Oh, wow. It was retconned in the 70s that he was part of the Justice Society when they started publishing more Earth 2 stories. So this wasn't post-Starro? No, yeah, okay. this is this is before, because that's the Justice League of America. Yeah. And th- that wasn't until the 60s. Mm. This is 58. So this was before the Justice League, and this is presumably Earth 2 Batman? Yeah. Because it's pre-New Look? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, he doesn't know the Flash. Hmm. So I guess this man is pretty fast. Yeah, he's very fast. Although, I doubt that he's faster than Superman. Superman's really fast. Superman's really fast. Well, he's about to stab Batman with a giant minute hand from the factory's sign when Dr. X tells his double to stop. The two argue, and then the double vanishes into thin air, similar to 49% of women who vanish from the workforce for at least two years after becoming parents. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh. Like... These facts, good facts. There are good facts. The right? listeners are learning something. My, I, I want to make it clear to the listeners that no. my joy is just that I, how how giddy I am that you are interrupting yourself with these facts and with a how lecture about women's history. Completely off of the tone of the comic, these are. No, you're you're delighted by my ability to relate anything back to the important moves of women in, in history. In yeah, history. Of and course. there's plenty more to come. Okay. Just so you know. <laughs> so focusing back on Dr. X, the duo find him dazed and easily apprehend him. When Commissioner Gordon arrives, Batman asks him to fingerprint the huge minute hand that the double wielded. When the results come back, everyone is surprised to learn that the prints are identical to Dr. X's. The double really is identical to Dr. X. 
And another person who knows about doubles is physicist Marie Curie, who won a Nobel Prize in physics in 1903 and won an identical Nobel Prize in chemistry in 1911. <laughs> I looked this up because I was like, is it true that like two fingerprints can't be the same? Yeah, that's why we have like APHIS. It's actually true. Yeah. Even, even identical twins don't have the same fingerprints. And I was like, there's gotta be like, you know, two people with similar fingerprints. No, no, no. It's like, like DNA is worse in that way in that two people can show like the same DNA markers, but fingerprints are always unique. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to commit a crime, wear gloves. Definitely. Definitely. Meanwhile, in Dr. X's cell, the evildoer can't seem to remember why he's locked up. Suddenly, his invincible double appears and tells him that they need to get out to develop the doctor's machine. The double insists that he will help Dr. X get free. Showing amazing strength, Dr. Double X bends the bars of the cell and uses some kind of ray to melt a nearby guard's gun. They explain in the comic that Double X is like an energy projection. He's like made of pure energy. So I just assume that he like heats up the gun with his internal energy. Yeah. Because he also needs to be recharged. That's one of the reasons why they're building or rebuilding this machine. Yeah. Is so they can recharge Dr. Double X. Near the entrance, Dr. Double X energizes a steel gate right in front of Batman and Robin until it explodes. And once free, the doctors fly up into the air, just like Sally Ride in 1983, the first woman in space. (laughs) Side note, Sally Ride was also the first gay astronaut, but LGBT History Month isn't until October. (laughs) Wait a sec, so why didn't you write down a fact about the first woman to fly? Well, Sally Ride was the first woman in space. In space, okay. I didn't look up who the first woman to fly was. Okay. Eh. Somebody in the 1900s. Early 1900s, I would assume. Not impressed. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's, there's gaps. <clears throat> At their secret hideout, the double demands Dr. X refuel his machine with chemical solution. He reminds Dr. <laughs> How X... How vague. Yeah, you know, any old chemical to do. Uh, nitrogen. Um, Glycerin. Adamantium. I don't know. <laughs> he reminds Dr. X that he created a machine that could isolate a man... And presumably a woman's personality. (laughs) The machine then creates a double, which is, I guess, a more concentrated version of your personality. It isn't really clearly explained. Yeah. So it's got this weird Jekyll Hyde thing going on, sort of, because the regular Dr. X, it seems to be a bit more timid and has like a better moral compass. But I'm going to cover something in Rogue Roundup that's going to maybe throw a wrench in that theory. Dr. X worries that they can't outwit Batman and Robin, but his devious double says that he has a plan. Just like journalist Nellie Bly had a plan to complete a journey around the world faster than the character in the famous Jules Verne novel. She achieved that plan, traveling around the world in only 72 days. And that was 13 years before the invention of the airplane. Wow. So she did it by balloon, like in the novel? I don't know. If she didn't just do balloons. She was like trained. Oh, okay, okay. And I think at one point she actually like stopped at Jules, like to see Jules Verne and was like, <laughs> I'm doing it. You're an idiot. <laughs> Something like that. Probably, that's probably not a direct quote. 
Back at Stately Wayne Manor, the already costumed heroes see the bat signal and fly towards a nearby remote airfield. However, this was Dr. Double X's trap. As the duo approach, the flying Double X tears off their wing and fuses the cockpit so they can't escape. Thinking quickly, Batman tells Robin to release the parachute brake, making the crash not fatal, but still incapacitating our heroes. Double X tells Dr. X that they should use the duo in their experiments because they are well-versed in crime. But before they do that, Double X is like, we should kill him. And I'm like, these guys are so close to being able to kill Batman and Robin. Like, these guys have maybe come the closest to killing Batman and Robin of any of the villains that we've covered. Very true. But they make the wise decision to use them in their experiments because they're well-versed in crime. To get the same result, they could have experimented on Jonna Mendez, the former CIA chief of disguise who was involved in planning and designing the International Spy Museum in Washington, D.C. Hmm. Yeah. Also, you know the movie Argo? Yeah. That's based on her husband. He did that. Yeah. Okay. There's a really famous picture of Jonna Mendez where she, like, was able to use a disguise to fool um, George Bush Sr., with like a disguise and then she mm. it's a picture of her like ripping off the like mask it's kind of like that scene in um uh, mission impossible <laughs> that's like a real thing anyway so robin is locked up and a passed out batman is laid out on the experimentation table the machine switch is thrown and after a huge puff of smoke fills the room a glowing batman double appears and immediately he wants to steal <laughs> i want to do crime he immediately wants to do crime Once he finds out the exes are criminals, he wants to collaborate. He's intrigued by this. He also suggests He's always a team player, even in his, like, villainous form. Well, he was initially going to steal from them, and then he was like, oh, wait, you guys are criminals? Let's team up. (laughs) He also suggests the two create a double of Robin to make their team even stronger. Mm. Before they can begin, Batman's glow begins to fade, and the doctors realize that they've been tricked. He isn't a double at all. Batman deceived them because he is extremely smart, just like 59% of women who continue their education after high school. Wow. Mm-hmm. Compared to 50, 50% of men. So That's because men are more likely to jo- go into the trades. Yeah. And you can learn the trades in like a trade school in high school and then go directly into the trades. Yeah. Well, you know what? College degrees, very important too. Anyway, <laughs> Batman starts to attack the machine, but Double X picks him up with ease and holds him up in the air. Thinking quickly, Batman uses his radio belt to control the Batman robot, which was the one that was actually laying on the table. And the one that was in the plane with Robin. Yeah, we'll get to that. Who easily destroys the machine and dissolves Double X for good. It's not a very climactic battle, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. If I could offer some notes, very. It, this story is not told in what we would call a linear order. <laughs> Dr. X seems to awaken from a dream, but he can't remember anything. Robin then asks how Batman achieved his trick of seeming like his own double. Batman explains that the Batman that Robin arrived with was his Batman robot and that he arrived later. He hid in the lab until the time was right and then he created the smoke effect and covered himself in phosphorus to seem like his own glowing double. The two decide the best course of action is to alert the authorities and have Dr. X placed in a sanitarium. So, moral of the story, on October 24th, 1901, Annie Edson Taylor, a 43-year-old school teacher from Michigan, was the first person to go over Niagara Falls in a wooden barrel. She survived with only a small gash to her head. 
How is that the moral of the story? I couldn't put that one in. (laughs) (laughs) You just couldn't find a spot for it? No. Interesting though, right? Yeah, interesting. The first person crazy enough to go over Niagara Falls in a wooden barrel. First woman, you said. No, first person. First person. Yeah. Wow. So Because I know that there were men who did it later. Mm -hmm. They were copies. Copying. Copycats. They were copycats. Wow. Off of Annie. And at least, I think at least one of those guys died too. Mm -hmm. Um, don't do that. It's don't go, not a good idea. Why, why, even, like, just why? Other than to say that you did it. Like, people back then were bored out of their minds. Mm-hmm. Bored out of their gourds. Because they did all this crazy stuff. Like, jump off Niagara Falls in a barrel. Do they have a net there now? Because people oh, try what, to do to, that? Oh, what, to stop... People. people falling in barrels? I mean, they have, like, observation decks. I don't know if you're allowed to go up by, like, the, the side of the river where the falls feed into. Mm. You must be able to at some point, right? Maybe. It's not like they have the whole thing fenced off. Mm. I literally don't know the name of the river that Niagara Falls comes from. <laughs> Niagara River? I, I don't know. Sounds plausible. Could, could be anything. <laughs> Alright, well, that's all I have. Okay. So let's get into Rogue Roundup then. Did you learn a lot? I did learn a lot. Good. You have a greater appreciation for for women (laughs) this Women's History Month? (laughs) Oh, I thought you meant in researching Dr. Double X. Oh, no. Did you learn a lot about women? Oh, oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. Thank you you for all of the facts that you had peppered in. You're welcome. (laughs) I'm like like a Batman comic. I'm like, I have to teach the people something. Oh, for sure. For sure. Okay, so let's really get into Rogue Roundup. For Dr. Double X, whose real name is Simon X. Hmm. Dr. Double X faces off with Batman once again in Detective Comics issue 316 in 1963. This time, Batman fights him by creating his own energy duplicate. Oh, and I suppose I should mention that uh, Simon X is able to escape the prison by creating a another duplicating device to give himself another duplicate like in prison uh no i think he like is released because he goes to the sanitarium okay so he's released from the sanitarium he creates another duplicate device and then goes back to being a crime guy okay (laughs) the writers seem to have dropped the jekyll hyde dynamic in this issue because the duplicate batman isn't evil or anything or Maybe the machine didn't split X personality in the first place and it just amplified his existing moral failings. Mm. Because the the Batman duplicate that's created is like a really nice guy. Aww. Uh, Almost a decade later, in a 1982 issue of World's Finest, X escapes again and he and his energy double find a way to channel any harm that double X endures through to Batman. Yes. I have a question. Why was he taken to jail in that issue you were just talking about if all he did was create a nicer Batman? No, no, no. Batman created his own duplicate to fight the energy duplicate made by Double X. I got Or made by X. Sorry. (laughs) I thought he had used his machine on Batman like he did in this comic and it just backfired because he made a really nice Batman. No, no. He creates his own machine. Batman uses the old machine that X first used to create his own duplicate because he doesn't know where the first machine was. And then by destroying the the machine that X created, the new one, he defeats double X. And at the end of the comic, the duplicate Batman uh, destroys 
the original machine again okay. so that he can, so that he, he like disappears. Okay. Why he wants to disappear, I'm not exactly sure, just to make things all right with the world. Sure. There's a lot of that in these Silver Age comics where they're like, well... Batman got superpowers for a day, and then they wore off because and this because he's Batman. He be, can't just have he can't just have superpowers forever. So we gotta we have to write some Deus Ex Machina to like take them away mm-hmm. in the same way that we gave them to him. Mm-hmm. Okay, back to this 1982 issue. Uh, so he creates a, a machine that will transfer any harm that comes to the duplicate to Batman. And then the duplicate goes and fights Superman. Oh no! (laughs) Both the original X and Superman believe that Batman was disintegrated and killed when Superman disposes of double X, and Superman almost kills X. Batman shows up at the last minute and tells Superman to stop, explaining that he was able to disable the machine by gnawing through the wires. Like a rat? <laughs> like a rat yeah. with wings? And he snuck away. Like a falcon? The comic ends with Batman saying, I figure that one of my duties as your friend is to save you from yourself. Aww. <laughs> Which is a very Silver Age concept of a story with a very Bronze Age ending. Exactly. <laughs> A Dr. X appeared one final time pre-crisis, teaming up with the Flash villain Rainbow Raider in 1983. I want to do a little rogue roundup within a rogue roundup. Okay. Rainbow Raider is colorblind. Okay. His dad tried to fix his condition, but instead developed glasses that shoot solid rainbow beams. And then he died. Oh, God. Rainbow Raider then becomes an art thief using these goggles because if he can't appreciate the art, no one can. Okay. <laughs> anyway. And also his name is... The Rainbow Raider. What's his real name? Oh, what's his real name? Obviously his real name is Roy G. Bivolo. Of course. <laughs> uh, anyway, the two of them... Three of them? Sure. Swap heroes and overcome Batman and the Flash, who aren't used to dealing with the other one's foes, but then at the end of the comic, they're ultimately defeated. Mm. The post-crisis Dr. Double X doesn't show up in more than a cameo role until 2005, when he creates a clone of Harvey Dent without the scarring, which is killed by Joker in the exact same issue. Oh no! Poor Harvey. He never gets anything. Yeah, he doesn't really catch a break. X shows up again in 2008 in a Titans comic as a washed-up guest signing autographs next to Beast Boy, who is billed as a guy who knows a guy who knows Batman. (laughs) And when no one wants autographs anymore from any of the people at the panel, X whips out a Deathstroke mask that he has and offers $5 for pictures, $10 to wear it, which enrages Beast Boy. Uh, And if you don't know why that it enrages Beast Boy, go either watch or read the Judas Contract or watch the second season of the Teen Titans television show. Mm -hmm. Um, In the New 52, and that was the last he was seen post-crisis, pre-52. Okay. In the New 52, X backstory is changed. Deacon Blackfire, a cult leader who died, attempts to resurrect himself releasing spirits in Arkham Asylum. Okay. X. How do you resurrect yourself as a ghost? He, like, teams up with some devil or something. 
I don't know. This was like a confusing storyline. It took me forever to even figure out what happened to X in this. Okay. Uh, X, who is a psychiatrist at the asylum, is affected by this, and he gains the ability to summon a spirit projection of himself. Post-rebirth, this spirit projection looks less like a ghost and more like his traditional costume. He and his double are killed by Harvey Dent. Hmm. Which is weird because if it's a spirit, I don't know how Harvey then shoots a spirit and kills it, but they end up dead on the ground. Salt bullets. Sure. That's how they do it in Supernatural. (laughs) He's a minor character in the recently released Arkham City Order of the World comic, and his death is ignored, I guess, because of DC's loose relationship with continuity recently. Mm -hmm. In the comics based in the DC animated universe... Dr. X and his energy double force a scientist to try out a teleporter machine, but being unfinished, the machine ends up superimposing things from different locations on top of each other, leading to buildings from Tokyo appearing and, like, phasing through other buildings in the middle of Seattle. The Justice League are able to defeat X and trap his energy double in a pocket dimension that was generated by the teleporter. Hmm. In the recently released Batman and Scooby-Doo Mysteries comic, Double X plays a ghost that tries to scare the mystery gang away from the Gotham waterfront. He is working with Joker to revitalize the waterfront because his favorite restaurant is there. Hmm. Good a reason as any. <laughs> Joker's revitalization project isn't financed, though, having uh, been faked by Harley winning a contest under an assumed name that was made up by the Joker. So she, let me go into a little bit more detail. Joker makes up a contest, hands, or has somebody hand Harley, who is disguised, a giant check. Then Harley poses as a developer, and they develop a theme park that's themed around the Joker. Okay. To revitalize the Gotham waterfront. And X helps him out because the Waterfront Revitalization Project would help keep his favorite restaurant in business. So is that more corrupt or less corrupt than the, like, Wayne Foundation plotline in the Batman? Well, the Wayne Foundation fund thing, they were using it as a slush fund. This was Joker not paying the contractors that were working for him or Mm. something by faking financials. Mm. And that's what they eventually catch him on at the end of the at the end of the comic. It's not that he like broke any laws other than fraud, which he notes is the way that Al Capone went out in a children's comic. Mm. I mean, yeah, you can mess with Batman all you want, but you can't get away with not paying union guys. Like they will, they'll be on your front door with a giant inflatable rat. I'm crazy enough to deal with Batman, but the IRS, no way. Uh, Yeah, and also I do want to point out that this Batman and Scooby-Doo Mysteries series is delightful. If you couldn't tell by that description of the plot, um, I know that we have at least one listener who has like a child who is interested in like DC Comics. For sure, this series is like a must pick up. I don't think that there's a, a like an omnibus, a collected edition yet, but um, I hope there is. And if not, I guess just pick up the loose issues. Hmm. 
Anyway, we're getting towards the end of this Rogue Roundup. In the Young Justice television series, he is the geneticist who is running the child metagene experiments that are the focus of Season 3's plotline. Having activated the metagene in himself, he is able to create duplicates of himself. He, in Young Justice, doesn't really have his traditional costume, and he's not limited to, like, one energy duplicate. He can have as many duplicates of himself as he wants, I think. Okay. In the Brave and the Bold television series, X tries to absorb nuclear energy to increase his powers, but, with Batman's interference, accidentally causes Ronnie Raymond and Jason Rush to fuse into Firestorm, and also ends up splitting Batman into three personas, one that's analytical, one that's angry, and one that's like a stoner stereotype that they explain as like what is left of Batman after his analytical and angry portions are are like lifted off of him. That's if he was just the playboy. The billionaire playboy Bruce Wayne, yeah. Mm, Interesting. (laughs) And that's all I have. Mm. Uh, That is... All he has been in, all he has shown up in is like a major role. He's an interesting character. I really like the concept of him, and uh, I think he should show up more. Yeah. The whole energy double thing is is an interesting... Uh, I mean, I know they already have sort of a Jekyll and Hyde thing going on for a bunch of other villains. Harvey. Especially Harvey Dent. Um, but the fact that his energy double is like a super-powered one is pretty cool. Agree. Alright, well, I enjoyed him. Yeah. Happy. It was a good episode. Happy Women's History Month. Happy Women's History Month. Who's your favorite woman in comics? Woman in comics? Yes. Ooh. I'm waiting to hear if you say someone fictional or non-fictional. <laughs> Why? Because I wasn't specific. Oh, oh, you, like, favorite... I, I actually don't really know that many comic writers or... Uh, I guess Zatanna? Zatanna's a really cool character. Zatanna's great. I was also thinking maybe like Stargirl, but I haven't read a whole lot of her stuff. I just think that her her like story of creation is really cool. Mm-hmm. The fact that she's like based on the writer of her sister, who I think died in a car accident. Aw. Yeah. That's sad. My favorite fictional woman in comics is Barbara. Barbara Gordon? Yeah. That's a good choice. She's great. She's a great character. My favorite non-fictional woman in comics is Gail Simone. Hmm. Yeah. What is she famous for? She is a comic writer. She wrote a lot of Deadpool comics. She's written a lot of everything. Oh, okay. She's pretty pl- prolific. Actually, she's uh, the one who started the list of like women in refrigerators and like sort of drew attention to that being a, a trope in comics of women getting killed or depowered and it not really serving their stories, but serving the male hero's stories instead. Mm. So thanks for that, Gail. You're the best. Uh, Roxanne Gay is pretty cool, but she, she writes, she's written a couple comics, but she's more of just like a regular mm-hmm. words writer without pictures. Do, can, can I count Andrea Romano? Yeah. She's awesome. She's, she's the voice director for all of like the DC animated shows and some of the DC animated movies. I think Andrea Romano is probably my favorite woman connected to like the batman universe that's true yeah Yeah. and she's a direct i mean her name at least is a is like a direct line to the uh mask of the phantasm yeah the character of the phantasm whose name is andrea yeah 
Love it. What other women are connected to Batman that are great? She's the only one I can think of. <laughs> okay, well, okay. that has been Batmates. If you would like to get in touch with us, our email is batmatespodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you if you have corrections, uh, interesting Batman facts you want to share with us. Women's history facts. Women's history facts you want to share with us. Yeah. Uh, or you could share those with us on Twitter, too. At Batmates mm-hmm. Podcast. No. No, just at Batmates. At Batmates. <laughs> we always get at least one of our handles wrong. Yep. All right. Well, have a good Women's History Month, everybody. Um, girl power. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody.